Hey everyone, this is Jaime Alejandro. I want to welcome you to the show. Today I have a very special episode. I am Arts Calling, my dear friend Dominique Gordon. Now, just a quick heads up for you folks. Dom and I have known each other for a very long time. We went to college together. That was about over 10 years ago. And I realized that we started the podcast at about 200 miles an hour. It was very, very quick. But I urge you to stick around and bear with us as we try to explore all of the wonderful writing that Dom has done over the years as a poet, how he works with his collaborators, and observations about the making of this album, Sane, now available wherever you listen to music, on the internet, or in real life. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hey. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm awesome. It's so good to see you, dude. Always good to see you, man. Man, I just got to thank you for doing this real quick. I'm going to just hit the ground running so I don't take up too much of your time. Uh-huh. First of all, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I miss the hell out of you. I miss you too, bro. And congrats on this bitchin' album. Uh, did you listen to it? I did. I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> supposed to because it's a secret release and before we get into it i'm just gonna roll okay if you mm -hmm. don't mind i want to welcome you to the show this is uh arts calling and it's i'm gonna try not to make it super serious you we can you you might have to help me out with that though yeah <laughs> so the reason i wanted to talk to you today is to celebrate this awesome new album that you have coming out and of course to learn a little bit more about the process because you and i go a little bit ways back, uh, just yeah. a little bit, not a whole bunch. But I mean, ten plus years or so. But ten plus you know. years, man. That is yeah. that is a while. So, if you don't mind, let's talk a little bit about what this album means to you and where it came from. So, you know, I had moved to Texas, and I was like, pretty much like, oh, I'm not gonna do music anymore. I'm gonna try to like write for other people and like do that whole thing. And when I came back to Colorado, I went to an open mic again. And then I was like, oh, no, I need to be doing this. So I remember, like, I wrote uh, EAFB, Edgar Allan Poe. And um, I, sent it, I sent it to my friend Gabe, who's in the band now. He's our the guitarist. And um, I was like, you want to start a band? And he said, yeah. So we started working on the, the newer songs and just getting the right people in the band. And it's, we're finally here. And so that's the exciting thing, because this is sort of a, it feels anyway, like a culmination of all the stuff that you've done before. I mean, you're a poet, you're a performer, you, you've done some writing before. And can you, can you tell me why you moved away from making music in the first place? Why did you have that feeling like, I don't want to make music anymore. I'm done with that. I don't know. I think uh, COVID took a lot out of me when it came to that, because we had, it was me and my, my, my boy Avery. We had like two bands and they were going strong and, you know, making a lot of traction. And then, you know, COVID hit and it just everything halted. And I was just like, you know what? Like at the time I was like, I just don't, I don't want to deal with it no more. Mm -hmm. But then like, you know, once, once a, once an addict, always an addict and I had to get back into my drug, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what is it about it, man? Because even back when we were in college together at good old uh, Casper College, you're a magnet. You have an energy. You want to be on stage. What is it that it gives you? I mean, to, to be honest, I think because I've been on stage since I was like 11 because my mom had me 
in her uh her drill team so like i would do the step in like i'm gonna omega side five whatever uh kappa kappa whatever and so i was just used to being in front of a lot of people like ah seventh grade i was class president because i just went up there and you remember the uh, Budweiser commercials, the What's Up commercials? <laughs> yeah. It was like, what's up? I did that. And that's the only reason why I freaking wore <laughs> You captured the time, man. You captured yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I had I had no plans. I, I wasn't helping anybody. I mean, eventually we had to wear uniforms the next year. Like I did I didn't do anything. So like <laughs> <laughs> You were what they call the lame duck president. But yeah. given that your music I'm, now is is I went Bob. <laughs> I'm what Bob Dole would have been as a president. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's it's funny you mentioned that, man, because the album, just coming back to it for a moment, it is so charged with with these moments of of a real kickback, a real just kind of anger toward what's going on in the world right now. There's a lot of that beautiful aggression that you put into stuff. And it was very raw, especially with the single that came out. Tell me the name of the single and tell me what it's meant to do so like uh plead the six is uh it's basically like uh you know how people write songs and they're like man fuck this guy and all that stuff and it's just like that like it works like for real like yeah f him but <laughs> i wanted to do something different where it's like dressing him down but i'm acting as if i understand what his perspective is because it's like honestly it's all fake news all that stuff and it's like yeah i'm, I'm from his perspective but I'm also saying all the things that he is, he is not. And we're talking about Trump, and we're talking about that time that Trump. We're coming. Let me out. Just... <laughs> like, Trump. I know, I'm talking about Barry Trump. <laughs> That'd be I hilarious. Was about, yeah. <laughs> I was talking about Obama. And I'm sure. <laughs> oh <I'm> man. <laughs> but. Yeah, I think that's that might be like the most theatrical that you get in the in the album because you really are inhabiting that perspective and you do that in a couple of songs and I'm curious why that works so well. Like you just really um, kind of embody those sentiments. I think, I think just acting. Like when I was an actor, I had to like become somebody else. At least I mean, I didn't do I wasn't always somebody else. I was usually just me, but I had to <laughs> be me from a different perspective of like how a train of thought so like songs like breed are like whoa where it's like you know like obviously like i'm not on anything but like yeah i can still write from perspective of somebody who's hiding what they're doing because they don't yeah. want people to know so yeah. i remember i asked this i think his name is leonard cohen or something like that i forgot yeah. his name but yeah. like he was a he was an author and i asked him you know how do you because my grandpa had passed like how do you act like an old person if you don't know any old people and he's just like you just gotta assume what they might see and react to it so mm. like that's I, how i feel about writing and it was like, leonard I, sometimes, cohen sometimes, you talked to leonard cohen i don't remember his name leonard, something oh, okay. cohen. I'll, I'll have andy to check. cohen andy cohen andy cohen andy cohen okay. yeah yeah, uh, I don't know who Leonard Cohen or Annie Cohen is, to be honest. I, I just met one of the Cohens. One of the brothers, I don't know. It was, yeah, it was I don't somebody. Know the yeah. <laughs> no, but that's that's the cool thing in the work. It feels like there there's nothing holding you back this time around. I mean, I've seen you yeah. make art before, even your poetry. You're very honest. You're very upfront. But this felt like you were taking that to a different level. And I'm curious of what happened in this last year that 
really allowed you to bring that out and and what things really propelled you to to have this sort of intensity come out of you i mean you know just just going through trauma like uh, i i lost my mom last year and um that's what dimes like dimes was about my aunt and then i lost my mom like a month after mm-hmm. so it was just like all these experiences that i had i could like dilly dally or like not write about them or not write about how I feel about certain things, or I can just say what I really want to say. And that's in music. And that's what I wanted to do with this album. Yeah, man. And again, I, I know I kind of sent you a couple of messages a while back, but I'm really sorry that, you know, you had to overcome a very, very difficult year. Uh, mm-hmm. But the music and in particular dimes was such a testament to that kind of grief. And I wanted to ask you specifically about that song because it it lands so hard as the closer of the album as as sort of like the final kind of hit you know that final thing that that we we need to get to at the end of of a work i mean that landed so heavy and you could hear it in the voice you could hear it in, yeah. in the way that you sang that song at the end it really brought everything together but more importantly like just me knowing you i could tell that that was the moment that it felt like everything was really pouring out um, yeah, and it's powerful, man. I mean, I'm really excited for people to hear this because it's. Oh, by, by the way, we we now we announced it today, so we could talk more about oh, it. Good, uh, good. Yeah, yeah. I, I <laughs> so forgot talk to away. say something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we announced we announced it today, so it's yeah. all good to, to spill the beans about what what what, what are you, what were your favorite songs on it? Well, you know, uh, the sixth. I mean yeah. that that song smacks like Rage Against the Machine. A little bit, and you know what? I I I don't know what your influences are on this, so you're going to have to kind of clue me in yeah. on where you're coming from. But I heard Soundgarden, you know, yeah. a little bit, just like a little bit. Maybe the guitarist was was influenced by that, but it's very much you. I mean, I hear some of these influences, but I love that one. And Dimes was was one of my favorites too. Yeah, I mean, influence wise. It's all like my my number one influence is always Jack White, like no matter what it is I'm doing. But um I think um try to make it like kind of like grunge, but more punk than grunge, and it kind of yeah. just became its own thing. Like cause Gabe's guitar is very grunge like on a lot of the songs. And but like when we would do shows, people were like, Oh, you guys are a punk band. I was like, All right, we'll take that. You know? Yeah, yeah. And we don't because we don't know how to describe it really. <laughs> it's like uh, some lady on I know I shouldn't reference TikTok because whatever, but some lady on TikTok was like <laughs> It's like pure chaos, and it makes me itch, but in the best way. And I'm like, <laughs> I kind of don't know what that means. Put, but it on like the, it. put it on the poster when you do your next show down in uh, in Colorado. Just be like, this is this is from the source, man. These are people who are, <laughs> whose lives are getting changed by this uh, this album. Yeah, yeah. But I noticed there was a song. You're gonna have to remind me on what the name of it was when you do that really fast tempo change. That was so fun. That was so oh, bigger. Good. But yeah, bigger. The one was like, and all the people with money don't care about. And then, you. Bah, 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 yeah, yeah, just an immediate steamroll. That that's comes song, in. that song was really fun to make, and I don't remember how I made it. So, <laughs> like, it's not going to be repeated anytime soon. <laughs> hey, but sometimes that's how it happens, right? Sometimes you have those moments of pure magic that are, yeah, just out of the blue. But in regards to the songwriting for the other songs, because you're going to have to explain to me how you varied from your poetry because you're very prolific, dude. You, you put out three poetry collections in two years. Yeah. Two years. Three. I mean, 
three is yeah no I mean, two you're right two yeah that's a bit <laughs> that, yeah that's a bit but how how does this come so easily to you and also what's the difference for you between the work that you do in poetry versus the songwriting and how collaborative is it you know like there's not much of a difference like a lot of the poems and i think the reason why i can write as much as i can is because i just use a melody and i write to it when i'm writing even if it's just a poem like i have a melody to most of the poems unless it's like a more spoken word type poem yeah like i have a flow that i use and sometimes it's just one poem and sometimes i just write 10 like that they have the same type of flow might maybe different um syllables but like, like the same type of constant like ticking in my head that helps me write th yeah. that kind of stuff and, and for songs like i mean i used to freestyle a lot you remember when me and aswan lives in uh <laughs> in the felony flats we would just like we would just <laughs> we would just like you know go off the cuff and make yeah. songs out of nothing so like right. that was always in me so i think so, i mean i'm just blessed that it's, it comes to me when it does and that I very rarely ever get writer's block or anything like that. Yeah. But that's a fun thing too. I think at least me as your friend, knowing you and knowing your work, this feels refined. I mean, there's still, it's still raw. It's still you, but from when we were first doing that first poetry collection to this, even that yeah. commitment to your craft is showing that those hours, those reps that you're doing performing, it feels like it's, it's really coming to fruition. And that's why I'm so proud of you because this feels like another level. So I'm just really, really happy you. to see. Yeah, man. Thank you, man. Um, but it's a testament to the vision, right? I mean, I'm, I yeah. want to know how the band works. How, do, how does the band work with, uh, tell me about, is it Dom Juju? Damo Juju. Damo Juju. I forgot the O. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell no, me. Um, so, you know, at first it was just me, Gabe, and Joe, and we would uh, work on all the songs, get the structure down, try to get the bass and the guitar for it. And we went through a couple of drummers and we uh, landed Brian, uh, Brian White. Mm -hmm. He's been amazing. He, he's, he's a professional. And, um, and then my boy Avery came, uh, came lolling back into the mix <laughs> to help me out because I was desperate for a bassist. And he... Um, he solidified like the sound that we have for this album because he's so constant so 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 structured with his bass playing yeah and so we um we went to the uh, ftm studios with james jukes and we recorded it and um, yeah i think it came out pretty well yeah yeah it sounds great i mean the production quality and everything is is really top notch on this how did some of the songs evolve from what you had on paper or what you did on your own versus what ended up happening with the band were there songs that changed a lot or drastically from when you started to to how they are now in the album no i think most of the stuff that we started with is what we kept mm -hmm. um certain songs like uh whoa and thunder i actually wrote with avery when we were living in texas mm -hmm. and then we just added like gabe added guitar to it that was different um but for the most part, like, uh, there's never been like a time where like we had a song and it's like, no, we got to completely switch everything. This isn't working. Like yeah, we just, yeah. we kind of like have good chemistry in that way that like, you know, usually first time's the charm. <laughs> yes. But you, you guys, how long did you perform together before the recording? Like how long did you guys actually we had two shows? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, like, I we love played that. Two shows. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because we it, played uh, we played Squire in like March. I think we played Goose Town, maybe three to- maybe three shows, but that no, nah, we had we hadn't played that many shows together. I think to- in total we have four shows before we uh, recorded. Yeah. What are the moments uh, out of the whole album that make you the happiest? That you feel like you that you landed it. Uh, you know, saying I think saying um to me because it's a song I wrote a while ago, but like just to see it come together the way it has. Um, figure of course, dimes of course. I think my favorite line in the in the album is, and I know that it's okay to feel terrible. That don't mean I want to. Mm-hmm. Cause people are always like, oh, you'll be fine. It's like, well, I don't want to feel like this. Yeah. And I think that's like one of the more powerful lines. Um, yeah, breed. I like I like breed. Um mm-hmm. just like the, you know, just the FB to the system. And most of the songs is like that. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you arrive at that point, or maybe you've been sitting in those thoughts for a long time that that's why they feel so heavy. That's why they feel so aggressive in the right way. They feel like protest. They feel like they have a drive to them. But, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, so I want to keep it brief. Cause I know that we, we had like a little impromptu thing where we're trying to like get this out there. For, so folks know that the album is here. What's next for the project? I should say. I mean, just, you know, gigging, playing shows, um, getting the music out there, the new people. I'm um, trying to play bigger shows, better shows, not better shows. I think uh, any show that you put on, you should treat it like it's the best show you ever did. So that, that's the wrong word to use, but just playing more, you know, and then like working on a new recording and getting those songs right and having a little bit of a catalog and selling our publishing for $50 million. <laughs> That's the way to do it, man. You you have to get into the NFT market. Where's your NFT? You're six months behind, nah. dude. Hey, pay me in Bitcoin, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Only man. Bitcoin. You ain't got no... So, you ain't got Coinbase. <laughs> dude, Coin, Coinbase is having a fun time right now. They're, they're hemorrhaging money from what I hear. It doesn't seem too yeah. good for them. So yeah, listen, let me, let me ask you just a couple more to call it good here. Colorado. Has that always been home for you? Yeah. I mean, I grew up here. I was raised in Aurora. Yeah. Um, my extended family lived in Montbello and in Park Hill. So I was always around that area. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. How do you think your environment affects your work? Especially Uh, like how, how it, affected you before and how it affected this album if it did at all i mean uh, growing up you know it's like it's not the worst place but obviously it has is is parts where you can turn to doing some negative things and you know seeing friends go to prison and pass away you know you you value life a little bit more because it's like you know that not every day is promised and, you know, you could be driving down the street and get pulled over and something could happen to you or somebody can see you that think you think they think you're somebody else and something could happen to you. So, I mean, I always just tried to be uh, aware of my surroundings. And I think because of that, I'm very observant. So, like, when it comes to writing, I've observed enough about what I'm writing about to have some type of knowledge on it. Like, I wouldn't. There's certain subjects I wouldn't write about because I just don't know enough about them. 
Mm-hmm. So I try to just stay within the wheelhouse in my own head when it comes to writing and the experiences that I have or the experiences I've seen. I used to watch a lot of TV too. So like sometimes I can just pull <laughs> from some random show, like like Family Matters. There could be a song about Ergley one day. I don't know. Yeah. You know, yeah. so and you, you know, know that's I, I never asked you either, uh, what made you want to do acting back in the day? I needed an elective. I needed an elective my senior year. <laughs> and I did ACTV and I did Mr. J's theater class. And I remember I was just bullshitting the whole time. Like, I, didn't care, I, didn't give it, I didn't care. I didn't care at all. And that's like, teenage Dom was the worst Dom. He gave zero F. Um, <laughs> but I remember I auditioned for You Can't Take It With You. I auditioned for the grandpa. Mm-hmm. And I had, uh, I did the Red Fox voice for it. I was like, you big dummy. Like, I talked like that the whole time. And like, I, I got the part and I just was like, I panicked a little bit because I was like, this shit hurts my voice. I can't do this. <laughs> I can't like, do this for <laughs> like, My voice is dying out here. So, and then I remember I got the role and it was like four practices in. I didn't know my lines because oh. <laughs> obviously I don't give a F. So Mr. J is like, my homeboy Seifu is Mr. J is like, I'll replace you with Seifu if you don't learn your lines. I'm like, oh shit, this is real. <laughs> so let me learn my lines. <laughs> I thought I could bullshit this whole thing, you know? <laughs> and then I kind of I, I kind of buzzed for it and enjoyed it. It's, it's just being on stage has always been something I'm, I love. Well, listen, dude, um, I can't thank you enough for the work that you're doing and for putting a smile on my face every time I get to talk to you. I mean, one of my favorite experiences that I've ever had is to be able to work with you on your first poetry collection, to learn from you, to be inspired by you. I look back on a lot of these memories of the last three or four years, and a lot of them have been really pleasant because you allowed me to get out of my head in in mm-hmm. some difficult times. And so I just want to put it on record, you know, thank you for, for being such a, a great creative soul and for inspiring me to get out of my head and to just do yeah. and to be excited about the work that, that we get to do in this life. Uh, but congrats on the album, man. It It really is something special. And I urge folks to, Go check it out. If you have a little bit of rage that you need to let out, if you're upset about the system, enjoy, you know, maybe a little bit of thrashing. I don't know if you want to qualify it as a thrashing album. I'm a poser, dude. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Not really a punk, you know? (laughs) You play the part. You play the part well. But no, seriously, (laughs) this is all you. This This is all a unique voice, and that's what I admire about you, man. And again, congrats on this awesome album. And I love you to death, man. You're one of my favorite. I love you too. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for having me on, man. All right, Maddie. Tell Maddie I will never say another bad thing about her. (laughs) I am a changed man. I am redeemed in Christ. (laughs) (laughs) So after 15 years or so, uh, we finally get here. (laughs) You're done. Uh, Okay. All right. I'll Um, let her know. (laughs) Yeah. It's a new Dom. New day, new Dom. All right, folks. Go check out the album. Sane by Domo Juju. Dom, I love you, man. I'll talk to you real soon. I love you too, brother. (laughs) All All right, right, cool. Later. Bye. (laughs) Bye.